Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Umlink Energy Speaks Back, powered by Hark. My name is Paul Webb. I'm the founder of B2B Energy, and I'm your host. And weekly, I present to you experts from around the world. Welcome to episode 80, and my special guest today helps young people to start their careers in media by training and accrediting them in photography, videography, reporting and journalism in the CSR and sustainability sector. Our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver savings that impact on our planet. On our journey of the knowledge that we want to share with you today, I'd like to thank our sponsors, and they are Cinefix for their insulation coating, Smart Cool for their AC initiatives, Umlink, who are taking the confusion out of energy management, Hark Systems, renowned for their energy software, Clean Energy Revolution for their knowledge and networking through LinkedIn, B2B Energy for the 11-week energy program, Alexis Energy for the power management, led by Vision for LED and controls, SimeWatts for electronics and EV transition, and Carbon Black Global for their waste to energy initiatives. And lastly, our certificate partners, Esther Energy. Our special guest today needs no introduction to his industry. So without any further ado, I give you Ben Wright. So good afternoon, Ben. And I'm hesitating because I'm saying good afternoon to you. It's good evening from me in Thailand. And I'm presuming it's good afternoon for yourself, It's Ben. a good afternoon, but good evening to yourself. <laughs> Thank you very much. And whereabouts are you currently, Ben? Uh, so we're based in North London. Right. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, yeah, depending on, on client work, we... Yeah, we, we, we visit clients all the way around London, so uh, yeah, quite uh, quite a wide area. And I've just finished my day in thirty five degrees. So, what's your temperature been like in London? It's 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 been a bit chilly the last couple of days. Yes, it has. But after a, a very exceptional uh, last couple of weeks of, of warm weather, so yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I yeah. left <laughs> I left the UK and it was really nice, and uh, was walking around in t shirts, which was. It's a lovely way to finish our time there. Um, so, Ben, yeah. we've been talking on LinkedIn and we've just been having mm. a chat offline. For the benefit of our audience today, could you give us some background into yourself and tell us about your origin story? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, as I touched on with my background, has mostly been in project management and investment banking. And uh, it's it was quite a, a start change uh, to, to what I'm doing now. Um, so three years ago, set up a media business, which has a, a primary aim of creating strong social media content uh, for companies with, a, with an ESG and, and CSR uh, thread running through that, um, but also to help young people uh, at the start of their careers by giving them commercial work experience. Um, but yeah, a, a very, very different background to, to investment banking and, and project management, which I was doing in the past. Right, and then how long was you doing in the in the banking world? Uh, so that was it was eleven years in investment banking and five years before that before that in consulting, 
And, right. Uh, yeah, but uh, but nice to be giving something back, doing something that uh, we find worthwhile and, and rewarding. And is that what's caused the uh, the transition from banking to this media side? Yes, I think so. I mean, uh, with myself and my co-founders, uh, we were all involved in, in very different things prior to, to coming together to form the content creatives. But uh, I think that was a primary driver for us was that we had been very lucky in our careers. We've been uh, having great opportunities. Uh, we've been on a trajectory which I think the, the industry is now, the environment's changed for young people. I, I think there were a lot of opportunities in the past. That's all changed. And for us, being a bit further on in our careers, to be able to create something that is meaningful for us, rewarding for us, but also helpful to to young people, uh, to give them the opportunities that, that we had, um, which they don't have at the moment. Yeah. And are you finding that younger people are being more the drivers regarding climate change and the environment than the, dare I say, the people with grey hair? I, I think, yeah, there's what I've seen is a, a sort of apathy amongst, I'd say, older generations. Um, there's an energy and a drive amongst younger people for change um, and a less, less of a focus on, I guess, commercial aspects of our lives, which it, it has been very much driven by, uh, by the advertising marketing industries. Um, I think that's kind of that message has been lost quite rightly so, on a lot of younger people. Um, that drive for the latest fashion, for the latest trends, that's that's moving on. I think the, the commercial, uh, I guess, sort of, um, uh, how yeah, the, the look and feel of things, that's changed. Um, and there is a drive for more sustainable options, um, for energy saving, uh, to be kinder to the environment. I think that is something that yes, the younger generations have driven forward, and, and we've yeah, we've now seen from protests. Um, if you look at the age, the demographic of those protests, uh, it is very indicative of that. Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've always had protesting, haven't we? You know, I I worked at a nuclear power station um, when I was about eighteen. Um, I started working at a nuclear power station because I had to wait until I was eighteen, and. On a regular basis, they were trying to stop us from working at the power station because they wanted to cause disruption. Um, because the nuclear power, though it's a clean tech as such, the waste was going towards making bombs for uranium as such. So it, it that was the reason why I was protesting. Basically, it wasn't mm-hmm. about any other issues. So we have always seen uh, protesting, but for me. We're starting to see more and more of that now, and it's starting to become more visual, as you, you know, regarding social media. And I think the you know we had COP, and I think that was a big driver. We yeah. had the people like Sky News had their own programs about it. BBC had their own programs about climate change, and we've seen a lot of media focus on this now. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I do a lot of work on LinkedIn. And I'm probably the algorithms following me and trying to feed me with that information. Mm. But even uh, people I talk to outside of the industry, I do sense um, there's a lot more thought about it and a lot more drive um, in that industry now. Absolutely. And uh, I think um, the the impression I've got from certain 
sources, certainly within investment banking, so I'm, I'm still in touch with various people within that uh, world. Uh, the the overriding message is that we're still waking up to the importance of it. Uh, so I think we're going to be looking at more sort of Q3, Q4 of this year, where businesses will start to uh, build it into their ethos a lot more. And I think a lot depends on the size and the history of the organisation, how quickly they will take on these aspects. Yeah. But I suspect as uh, the internal uh, staffing changes within companies um, with, with certain demographics of staff becoming more aware and more keen uh, to, to bring as part of the ethos of the business. And I think that's what will drive change. I think it's uh, it comes from two sources. The changes will be within for the staff requesting that, you know, that we're not going to work for you if you don't adopt you know, ESG strategies. Yeah. Um, but also there's probably a catch up from marketing and PR side where yeah. businesses are going, actually, yes, we do need to adopt this. Uh, we're, we're going to lose customers or, or fail to gain new customers unless we adopt yeah. uh, adopt these strategies. So I had a, um, a call from one of my clients today. They were requested by an airline that, uh, that the airline wants to know it's a hotel group, and they mm -hmm. want to know how much energy per year these hotels uh, are utilising or using per bedroom. Um, and I'm presuming that they've got benchmarks. So if that was above a certain benchmark, they mm -hmm. know there's no focus on the environment within that hotel group. So they would be ticked off the list or they would go on the list right, if they right. gave the wrong answer. So what... With ESG, and I'll be honest, I ESG wasn't on my radar. I was hearing people talk about it more in America rather than in the UK. Mm. But just recently, I've been hearing that word a lot from organisations. Where where did it all start? The the ESG um, criteria for organisations. Well, I think ESG is, is quite relatively new as a, as a term. It's a sort of catchphrase which I, I'm seeing now as becoming more prevalent. But it's really a follow-on from CSR, Corporate yeah. Social Responsibility. And from the research that I've done, that's been around for quite a while. Um, right. I'd say a good, good 10, 15 years, there's always been a CSR angle. But I think it's probably hasn't had the voice that is, is, is you know, relevant in, in the boardroom downwards uh, to, to what it is now so with with csr that was a term bandied about quite a bit uh, and possibly without very little energy or impact or even attention on that term it wasn't important then might be put a, a csr statement as a as an afterthought somewhere yeah yeah but i think because as you say going back to your earlier point there's a, a, a younger generation that's now really putting this forward front and center um, even you know, Greta Thunberg has done a wonderful job at amplifying a voice, which you know, even David Attenborough was, had started a long time ago. Um, yeah. But it's really thanks to people like her and social media that businesses are now waking up to it. And that CSR term, from what I can see and make out, that has now moved more into ESG, which is environmental social governance. And I think that's more encompassing. Because you can, if you're struggling perhaps with the environmental side for a business, which is often very difficult to do, there'll be other angles of, of, of the ESG universe that you can cover. So, you know, how you treat your staff, um, certain uh, maritime organizations are failing 
miserably at that at the moment. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it encompasses a lot of different areas. Yeah, yeah. So how, um, when you look at an organisation, how do you, do, do, you, do you work direct, directly with organisations regarding this? Yeah, so they, we, because we're in essence showcasing ESG initiatives, uh, it's, there's, there's two, uh, two angles, I guess, to that in that it's important for them to, to pick and choose the right angle that they're, they're keen to, to promote. It's up to us to a degree to decide, is that something that actually does still fit into ethics and standards? If, if somebody's greenwashing, uh, you know, if they're doing something disastrous over here and just promoting this, then there's a certain moral obligation for us to choose, well, no, actually, we, we won't showcase that. Yeah. Um, but yes, on, on our side, we, if we see a, an initiative, um, the, there's a company we're working with that's showcasing their interior structures and how sustainable they are and how environmentally friendly they are, energy saving. Uh, that's something that it, it's, you know, in a difficult industry, it's a really good thing to be showcasing. So, you know, we're very proud to be doing that for them. Um, but yeah, it comes from different angles as to what they want and what we see. And will, um, say, organisation A look to organisations B, um, sort of um, how they're set up before they look at trading or investing? Is that where it starts to, to sort of really work? Is, you know, I will only deal with someone who's got a very high scoring level of it rather than they haven't got one at all, no policy at all. So for me, I wouldn't really work with that organisation. Is that how it's going to sort of long-term pan out? I, I think it is. I think you're right. Yes, the, the, on a B2B uh, yeah. perspective, people are going to look at their supply chains, their partners in, in ever more detail. And there's going to be a balance to be struck there. Um, how do you weigh up a long-standing business relationship uh, versus... Exactly cost savings um, versus what your customers and your clients and even your employees will perceive you. Um, if they look at you and go, well, hang on a minute, why are you, you're, you're stuck in this long-term contract, but with a very unethical business or an unethical partner, uh, do you continue with that? So I think that's, um, and yeah, going back to the recent example in the news, um, costs have been outweighed against social responsibility towards staff. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you mentioned social media platforms. Is there any particular platforms that's favoured or is it just across, across all of the, the platforms? Um, in, in terms of the messages? Yeah, the messages. The communities? The, or Yeah. Um, well, the, the most exciting platform, which I think is taking off now, is TikTok. Um, I think whereas Instagram was a very much a, a favoured platform to put messages across, and still is, yeah. um, certain... You know, geopolitical events have certainly overtaken uh, Instagram and getting that message across, which is really important. But yeah, with we, TikTok, which is used to be seen as uh, for a, certainly a younger audience, um, but actually that can't be discounted because that's a, a very beneficial to see what's important to that younger audience, what messages they're, they're yeah. putting out, and what's the drive behind that, uh, what's, what's their passion. What are they passionate about? So I think, yes, from an environmental perspective, uh, TikTok and Instagram are very strong platforms to put across that message of wanting to change, wanting to yeah, you know, the businesses to change and us as individuals. Because isn't Instagram owned by 
Facebook? And is the link up there? Yes, I think, I think this is, yeah, with Meta and, and their yeah. impact. I think this is... Um, so I know when I post stuff on Instagram, it, it appears on my Facebook. That's right, yes. So there is that... There's links, isn't there? Sort of a, a tenuous link between between the two. And um, uh, and that, you know, the, the control that these organisations have and what point do they filter? I think that's uh, that's probably a whole new conversation that... Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for a different time, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, there's a lot of power being wielded by very few yeah. companies. Yeah, and what is it down to? Is it do you have do you build strategies for them, and do you look at um, whether they should be putting articles on there, whether they should be putting together videos or text or pictures? How is it governed regarding what you do for that organisation? Um, it's very much listening initially to listening to what they envisage the message to be um it's it's something that over time uh, we've become to well we've embraced the fact that we are storytellers in a way and um that i think is what we all need to be doing as individuals and uh, as a business is telling the right story that accurately reflects um what what somebody's achievements are and what a business is achieving in, in that arena. So as yes, to find a compelling story, I think it's an important part uh, to find out what a company is doing, picking out the pieces that are most important to talk about, and then representing those with video and, and stills. And uh, sometimes the old little extra like time-lapse photography helps as well. And, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but that matches the platforms very well, certainly YouTube, Instagram. Um, yeah, that works really well to tell that story. And because you're using the younger generation, you should be keeping on top of the, the social media. They're, they, they're going to be driving it, aren't they? Because it, that's where social media has been driven from. Um, so, one, yeah. I know it's a bit of a cliche, really, but, um, you know, I I don't really understand TikTok. I, I've got TikTok and I, I find myself being sucked. I suppose that's what, it, what the, the draw is. I find myself being sucked into it. And before I know it, I've wasted half an hour because I've gone through all these different videos. I suppose there you are. I've just given the answer, haven't I? Basically, it's it's a very um, it, it, they've very they've been very clever to draw people in. Yeah. And yes, the 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 algorithm can work in our favour in that you know if we're, if we're after content around a particular subject that we're keen on, sports, cars, what have you, then it will find more of that. Of that content which is great uh but yes it can, it can work against against people and it is a time waster as uh, as you say sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well but, um the yeah. so my favorite when i always call it my office is linkedin so mm. is that because of business that's more of a business to business package isn't it for um business owners business operatives as such mm. is that becoming is that a key element of the social media driving I, I think it's probably a the most important, b the most far-reaching, and c in, a, in actual fact the stats show very clearly um, that for, for business LinkedIn is a very strong platform. Uh, I think it's underutilized, um, and I think uh, based on content I've just put out myself, it's really interesting to see what feedback you get, what engagement you can get based on yeah. that content, and. Uh, I think, yeah, like yourself, if you put out content that is helpful and useful to people and people find, um, you know, it's not, 
it's not in any way after a particular goal, but just to help people. I think that's a really strong ethos on LinkedIn. I think that's what really brings the community together. Um, yeah, and I've, I found people trying to sell to me straight away. It, it just never works. But actually, yeah. building those relationships, yeah, it's a hugely important part of yeah. LinkedIn. Definitely. Unfortunately, we are we we have to fight the algorithm because people do try to sell straight away. That's why the mm. algorithms have been put in place to stop stop that. Um, it doesn't stop that well because I still get people saying, "Oh, by the way, um, you know." <laughs> use orange branding that's a good reason for me to be talking to you about branding you know it, you get that stupid approach don't you as such yes, um, yeah regarding you know why, why they should be doing business with you so, so we right, yeah so i i've seen a lot of trends and changes within the industry over my, my career 42 years do you do you see this evolving more from the, the social media side or do you see it starting to plateau regarding what we've got in, in terms of the platforms available or the, the platforms available what the organizations are requiring what their drives are you know is it likely to expand more are we like to see all organizations go down this route i i think there's there's a reluctance by organizations to use social media but it's becoming more mainstream um and i think once a company adopts social media, there's an interesting change and angle of social media, which I think companies are slow to adopt and still need to. And that is the reluctance to be more personal, to be more direct and engaging to an audience. Um, and I think we're all guilty of it in that when we want to post something, we want it to be perfect. And that puts yeah. us off on posting on social media because it, it isn't perfect. And I think younger generations have certainly embraced that more. Um, content that is successful actually isn't content that's been professionally filmed or um, yeah. you know has been planned out um, and a lot of the work that we do is often with either content that's been filmed by a company themselves um, helping them through that process uh, or you know embracing the the, the story behind it because that's the, that's where a lot of the help is needed is finding the right story and finding the right content rather than loading in you know thousands of pounds worth of equipment to film something it's not that's not necessarily needed um so having that more personal approach is i think where we're going uh, with, with content uh, far more engaging and also just more authenticity i think that's the that's the key word i think the younger generations can see through a lot of the uh, I, I guess branding and and falseness in marketing and that's where companies still need to wake up to that is, um, I don't mean that in, a, in an impolite way, but um, it, it's a very slow process to move over to something where actually you don't need to, uh, you know, to, to, to I guess, over-egg to, to lie about things. You have to be honest and straightforward. And I think that honesty has actually cut through an awful lot of, uh, a lot of noise on social media. Yeah. Now, if I look back at, organizations and their adverts in magazines or their adverts on tv they used to spend significant amount of money for that advert they don't need to nowadays they could create the content very very quickly and it could go out to more people globally you know you could you know become a global business very very quickly so i'm yeah. just saying the right things obviously you know um 
we all know what it's like to say the wrong thing. You know, recently with uh, the news of the Oscars. Well, we're going to get in a lot of trouble here because we keep mentioning <laughs> the news, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we know that the wrong things can be said. So I think that's the mm. nervousness of, of organisations regarding saying the wrong thing. Um, yes. yeah, and right, it right. being going in the wrong direction regarding what they're trying to get over. And, and I like the way you say about the story, getting the story right. And we are storytellers. Mm. And I think that sells businesses, that helps business um, to, to get from A to B. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think also the, the, uh, on the, on the side of authenticity, uh, as we've seen in, uh, yeah, as I say, in the news, touching on that again, but uh, recent events in the entertainment world, uh, it just goes to show how powerful it is to uh, to be down to earth and actually apologise for mistakes. And I, I think there's an awful lot more reputational risk to not apologising for things when they go wrong. I think when a company turns around or an individual in entertainment turns around and say, actually, I've made a mistake there. Uh, I'm sorry. And uh, which we saw only just recently. And um, yeah, makes a big impact. It does indeed. So where's the starting point for all this? As an organisation, how does an organisation start to actually embark on this programme? I, I think it starts with your employees. I think with the people in your organisation too. You need to have everybody aligned with uh, your message and to get the, the right uh, impact. I think that starts with talking to everybody uh, and everybody's views. Because I think if, if the... If the employees, if you know, staff within the company are engaged and on board, I think that's a lot more powerful in, in terms of content. So, I think there's there's two angles with staff engagement, but also being on key with the message. Um, I think if your story is aligned with you know what's happening in the world, how people are engaged with certain issues, um, I, I find it amazing that companies still go down the wrong road with with their message it can be totally you know, not it's not on point at all um, and not not in keeping with exactly what's happening which is very to be honest it's very fast-paced it's with the, the industry certainly in energy i've never seen such a change so dramatic yeah um in, in, in the last you know we're, we're just in the last two years and certainly in the last few months with geopolitical events it's that's a very fast-paced industry to keep up with. and it's it's had different reasons there's different reasons why they you know, we're in this crisis and it's been building from well before well before christmas this this uh, the whole the whole scenario of this you know mm-hmm. you could look at the summer where we didn't have enough wind uh we had quite a cold summer so we was people was putting air heating on earlier with the gas uh before then the government decided not to invest any more money in certain storage areas so we wasn't storing so much gas so then then we lost um, some connections to europe uh, due to a fire, so everything was just started to snowball. Um, we had mm. we had the the boat that got stuck in the the canal, uh, which caused yeah. all other boats to, to be redirected. Um, it just accelerated, and then sort of lastly, we've had the Russian uh, invasion crisis with Ukraine, etc. And that is just it's gone from one, and we've seen energy prices and. Um, in the region of 500% been increased by significant. Mm. I've even heard today that uh, one of my customers is going to be charged 90 pence per unit. 
Good. Which is absolutely amazing. You know, they're, they're yeah. coming they're coming out of a 13 pence and they're going on to 90 pence um, because someone hasn't really focused on it. They took the eye off the ball. Yeah. And, you know, that's what happens with organisations. You know, they focus. And the likes of yourself and, and what we do, you know, the business itself, um, they've got a core business, whether they're yeah. making widgets, whether they're providing a service. They're focusing on that. They need to bring the experts in to support them to build the strategies, to build the story, and to deliver yeah. those stories, really. And that's, you know, I, I think you're at the right time here with, with what you're doing here with this um, this process, I think. Where do you think your challenges are going to be going forward? Um, I think the, uh, the the core part of it has, is putting that message across that uh, about, about the story because uh, I think there's, um, there's a lot of focus on just keeping an organization going and uh, the, the the vision is often on a very short-term basis rather than looking, looking at the long term and I think certainly we've uh, the, the power of social media I think as we're seeing is, is becoming so prevalent but the results of that doesn't doesn't come through straight away um, it's a it's a long-term process of, of pushing out content to social media and even though you don't immediately get engagement or feedback from the audience um, over over time it does it, it does work uh, getting getting messages across the engagement um, so uh, yeah I think that's that's something that uh, yeah on, on a long-term basis that's probably going to be it's going to take time for that for that to change and we, we touched on this in the beginning what is, what's your real driver behind this you you personally um I think yes it from what I touched on earlier to see the, the 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 situation I was in when I started in my career how different the economy is now how very different opportunities are and it gives me so much I mean just personal um, joy to be able to help someone to be able to put something useful on their CV because I remember when I first got you know work experience to put on my CV it was uh, yeah. a joyous yeah. moment um and to be have a good reference from someone um more so i mean that you know that means more i think and it's, it's more valuable than any you know, hourly rate or charge or, or you know, yeah. salary of any kind it, it's getting the experience of something that counts so to be able to have people with us who are really struggling they're really getting through through difficult times um, and we're very conscious of what's going on in their personal lives. Um, if people can't join us on a, a filming schedule, um, we're very, you know, if, if it's last minute, they say, I'm sorry, we can't turn up. It's absolutely fine. We're not, not having any issues with that because we know that, you know, their, their housing situation can change overnight. Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of challenges and certainly the reliance on these people by family members looking after additional family members. Um, that can be the case as well. So, yeah, the, the to be able to have people with us on a shoot, uh, on on a project where we can pay them, give them experience, and train them. Um, but yeah, that's been the, the primary enjoyment from this. Um, so, yeah, we we. I can sense it in your voice, yeah. Ben. I can sense the how you're feeling about that. I can really feel it, that. It was it was quite interesting because um, uh, we were with a client um, a few months ago. Where they wanted to, uh, they asked us to give them sort of an idea of 
sort of things we do. And both my, my co-founder and myself were sat there and it, it just came, it just sort of came very naturally, all the things that we're doing. And it was only afterwards I just thought, there's no script behind that. And it was very interesting how that ties in with certain aspects of our lives, like public speaking, um, being on camera. There's no, there's a lot of nervousness uh, from other people being on camera. Um, we experience that when we're filming, people get very yeah, nervous yeah. about being, you know. But if you're talking about something you're passionate about, goes. that nervousness goes. Disappears, um, yeah. For, for a lot of people, yeah, if it's something yeah. that, that just comes, you know, naturally. And I think that's one of the things that we try and put across, actually, to people who are on camera with us. We just say, just talk from the heart. Don't worry yeah. about the script, you know. Exactly. Um, and then it all flows. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's um, it's quite, funny because I I feel that because um, in 2019, someone told me that um, I need to do more videos on my LinkedIn, and I there's no way I'm going to do videos. I said, listen to my voice. I'm an East End boy. I sound like Ian Bill. Many people, my audience might not know who Ian Bill is, but he's from EastEnders. Yeah, so I can't do that anyway. So she said, well, just tell me what you do. You know, mm. you can do that, can't you? And I said, yeah, of course I She put the phone into my face. I just rattled off very quickly what I did. She played it back to me. I thought, you know what? That's pretty good. I could put that onto LinkedIn. Yeah. It needed some touching up. But as long as you're talking about what you know and, how, you know, if it's the passion from that, it, it works, you know. And mm. if we all did that, the, the messages would go out there very, very well, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And and also, I think we we beat ourselves up too much about making mistakes. Of course, we do. I think that's a huge, uh, yeah, common theme amongst us all as humans. This is a human thing to, yeah. to to mess up, and I think we are too quick to criticise people who do mess up when actually it's a really core part of authenticity. Mm. And um, you know, if somebody goes up on stage and says, "Oh, actually, I'm." I'm very nervous. That doesn't go, oh, 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 we don't want this person to speak. Yeah. It's actually like... Everyone we, starts all... booing him. <laughs> he starts to boo. <laughs> boo, get off if you're nervous. We want professional presentations. We want professional speakers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's, it's the opposite, yeah. It, exactly. People can resonate with that because everyone's yeah. like, actually, it's a hugely brave thing. Yeah, well, well done for you yeah. for doing that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The people mess up, it's, like, it's all right, we're with you, we're rooting for you because... Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Um, it, it, yeah, it's taking part rather than the, the mistakes on the way. Okay. Well, well, Ben, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to put you right on the spot and I'm going to ask you to speak from your heart and, and be passionate and just say it as it is. But so it's at this stage um, where I ask my guests to give something back to the, uh, to the to our audience and to the industry as a takeaway. So is there something you can give back today as some advice to our audience today? Um, I, I think the, the, the core thing which I've found more and more on, on this journey, I guess, is yeah, to, to do what you're passionate about and to not worry about the mistakes. It's actually, I, I, we were just talking about that, funnily enough, but um, uh, the one thing that I've realised is that to accept that things are scary, things, you know, there are things that give, give us all, you know, um, there's like a fear factor with a lot of things that we do. Um, but the, the, the sort of the, the joy of life is to pushing out those boundaries um, to, you know, to, to get over that, that comfort zone uh, and to go into the unknown. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that's 
in, in, in terms of a business journey, uh, that's actually sort of as a personal um, thing that I've picked up on. And I would, I would without a doubt, encourage anyone else who's thinking of trying something new. Uh, it doesn't matter what time it is, just just do it to try something new and just test it because you never know. I think uh, um, you, you, you're far better to have failed at it. At least yeah. you can look back and think, yeah, I did try that. No regrets. Um, yeah, no regrets. I, I, and there's so many ventures that I've tried in the past that have all flopped and you know, lots of stress and money has gone into them. But actually, I look back and think, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not bothered about the fact they failed because there's little nuggets of things I've learned from each yeah. failure. Um, and I don't, I don't mind what people think if something's failed. Uh, I'm, I did it. I'm glad I tried it. Yeah. yeah. I, I said the same thing to myself when I started these podcasts. Um, I'm now on episode 76. I've recorded right out to nearly episode 80 now. Um, and I'm really pleased that I've done it. It's the best thing I've ever done doing these uh, podcasts. You know, do people listen? Have I got a load of listeners? I'm not too sure who my listeners are. Um, occasionally I'll get good feedback on um, sort of on LinkedIn to say I'll keep going. Um, it's it's amazing what what you feel. You, I feel as though I'm on my own sometimes, just behind the mic. But it's mm. it's amazing how if I hadn't done it, what would I be thinking now? If I was sitting back thinking, "Oh, I wish I'd done that podcasting sort of yeah. process," and I'm glad I did. But the, Ben, sorry about that. But um, I, I'd like to say thank you for joining us today. Um, no, thank really you. Great hearing your story. Uh, I really enjoyed our chat offline um, as well about Likewise. some history around where we live. Um, yes, so that's really yeah. good. Perhaps we should do another podcast another time and talk about the history of um, what we've uh, found in our, our life as such and where we live. Sounds so good. I'd like yeah. to say thank you very much for coming. And please, at this time, you and your family, please be safe. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thank you.